thank you again for joining us on the Grim and Bloody podcast. My name is Anthony DeRowan, founder of the Death's Parade Film Fest, which is all possible. Joining me, as always, Kevin Nicholson, Horror Newsnet, Joe Flynn of Create TV, and today we have a packed house. We have the director and cast, including special effects artists, for the movie In Utero, which was a uh, uh, kickback to the old Grindhouse movies of York, and uh, we're excited to talk about the, the movie and um, maybe some uh, little stories that happened uh, during on set and uh, you know whatever else that comes up. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for very much for coming on. Um, I'll go ahead and get an introduction. So we have Alexa Meyer, who plays young Zoe, Cynthia Roy, the makeup effects artist and producer, Royce Freeman, of course, writer and director, and Clement Jones, who is the dirty cop slash slate operator <laughs> slash driver slash stuntman slash there might be a couple <laughs> that we might be missing. No. <laughs> Thank you guys for uh, coming on and uh, taking the time out today to speak with us. That's our pleasure. Absolutely. Royce, let's we'll start with you um, very uh, very quickly. What was your um, motivation for doing this film? Uh, this is a this is some very heady topics um, that are being discussed here. From you know the uh, the the, uh, the desperation to conceive to uh, yeah, you know, all kinds of, uh, of of things going on uh, around. The, the conception of, of ha- you know, being with child and of you know desperation to have a child and some of the things some of the some of the uh, uh, links that people will go to um, what was your what was your idea on this well um, are you guys able to hear me yes all right sure. Okay, it, it's, I'm going to try not to give a long-winded answer, but there, it's kind of like found, follow the bouncy ball. It, it actually has a, a, like a, a Rue Goldberg uh, domino effect. Um, a little bit of uh, personal inside the information that most people don't know is, um, you know, back when I was in college, I actually, there's a scene in the movie that actually really occurred. Um, the scene with young Zoe um, actually happened to... Um, a person that I was involved with uh, when I was in college, um, they had an abusive stepfather and uh, I was going to be a parent and the abusive stepfather actually uh, made that not possible because of the same situation that happens in the film. And hmm. so uh, I was holding on to that for many years and I had just finished a movie Rapture, which was a, uh, a spiritual thriller and the writer producer, one of the writer uh, producers of that film, Tom was Wormke. um, And I decided we wanted to do another movie and we were talking about what could we do. And somehow that spark clicked in my head of doing something involving um, life and the pursuit of it and what one would do in the name of what's right. And so it all kind of little details just kind of snowballed. And I was like, well, what if you have a character who years ago lost the ability to bear child and then uh, feeling a sense that the world has uh, done them wrong, feeling entitled that psycho actually, uh, well, when they were younger, they weren't a psycho, but it kind of caused a psychotic break. And it made that person years later decide that they were going to take what they felt was theirs 
and then it kind of snowballed into a, a, a hostage situation. Fascinating and, and, and very truly terrifying in real life, you know, for Absolutely. people who have never gone through what your friend or girlfriend or whoever <laughs> went through. That to me is one of the heinous things that I, as a person, would never stand for. A lot of a lot of people uh, deal with uh, domestic abuse, or um, they have they might have a parent that um, doesn't realize that they've used too much uh, excessive force in disciplining their child, and they actually you know they actually regret the moment they did something. They regret that they ever did it. Um, I can't speak for the individual in real life, but um, in the story, even when uh, the character the father does what he does if you listen closely you even hear him screaming baby no like he realized that in the moment that he did it that he fucked up so and i wasn't doing it to forgive the action but i was making i didn't want any character in this film even the ones that are portrayed horribly to be completely black and white you know just like this is a villain this is only a villain I made sure all the bad characters did things that were funny and charming. And even in the flashbacks, little Kane is an adorable child. And how could he have gone so wrong? And, and little younger Zoe is a sweetheart. And losing a child turned her into not so much a sweetheart. So I, I didn't want to deal with like, this person is a mustache twirling villain. And I wanted everybody to be a human character with shades of gray. Yeah, in fact, I would say they were almost all in the gray. You know, it, it, you wouldn't be able to discern who is the antagonist, who is the pro. Well, you can discern the antagonist. Yeah, that, that was easy enough. But as you get towards the end, I think they were all in just one giant melting pot of miserable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had somebody tell me when they walked out of the premiere of this movie, they didn't know who to root for. And they didn't necessarily know if they liked the movie because they actually said that nobody was 100% likable. They said even the victims, they said at times were whiny or they were uh, not necessarily proactive. And I said, well, I created a situation where they couldn't really be proactive much. Um, I, I created a situation where the audience's fear, that the audience's fear is always scared, a lot of times is scared or um, the psychological... Um, you know, ramifications of these situations that a, a person who's really scared might be completely a whiny child. You know, there's not everybody's going to just, you know, butch up and suddenly be able to uh, um, be able to vanquish the evil. You can say all day, I would do this in this situation. And then when the, when the shit hits the fan, you might cower in a corner because you don't really know what you're capable of. Yeah. Royce, Please. tell me, because the, the film is heavy and um, the output it looked like it, it could have been a, a tough production because of the, the material you were putting out there. But can you talk a little bit about um, how the actors and the cast um, worked together? Was, did you keep the atmosphere on set kind of, you know, uh, uh, a little uplift, a little, you know, maybe extra positive because of the, uh, the heavy material? Or was everyone just down to just, you know, get into the nitty gritty and stay in there until then? Well, 
uh, they say that sometimes, you know, like everybody, there's a, you know, there's a certain amount of an ensemble. There's so many characters in the film and sometimes a, a really intense location is, is a character. Um, when we wrote the script, you know, my imagination just gravitated towards a really dilapidated house that you'd seen in every horror movie, like Evil Dead. Um, and every place we looked at was either shut down and, and we wouldn't have been able to get the permits to shoot there. It wasn't safe or, or whatever. So you realize that the, what you wrote necessarily isn't possible. And I went to a film festival and this local guy, Josh Townsend, who's an awesome filmmaker, and he's a musician too, just like Cynthia. Um, and he, he said, well, if you can't find a house, uh, why don't you come check out mine? And he's a hard rocker and other films have been shot there. So there's already holes in his walls. And uh, everybody on the film referred to this expression and, and you'll be familiar with it. The house was camera ready. That, that you walked in, Cynthia didn't have to do much prop design. Uh, I mean, the house was ready to go. Um, and and, and it, I don't know, I don't feel I'm speaking out of school when I say this, and I think everybody who's, who's been on the location can speak to this. You know, when you go to a place and you can feel the, uh, the latent, um, the, 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 the spirits, the restless spirits, if you've been yeah. to a place where there's been, you know, like the camps and the war or, or any kind of place, well, you go to that house and Josh has told me that there, that, you know, there's things that, you know, he's gone through and, you know, there's just, there's this sense of a life has been lived. Right. That if only the house, if only the house could talk. Yeah, the place definitely had an aura about it. And um, oh, yeah. I'm not kidding when I say I actually had to clean up some of the rooms to make it usable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I walked into I the house for the first time. I didn't have to dirty much. Exactly. I walked in the house for the first time and I said, man, Cynthia's good. Look at this. She's like, no, it wasn't me. The set's already in character. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, Cynthia. Good job. Maybe we should do a haunted house film. <laughs> <laughs> Rewrite. <laughs> Which is funny. We we shot over the course of months, and so we had to take continuity photos. Oh, this this wasn't here. This wasn't here. Um, we didn't go so painstakingly that we actually tried to recreate uh, a mess. You know, if some we didn't like linger on things. So you know, there's inconsistencies in all movies, right. but there's plenty. There actually we shot out of order, and we put an extra hole in one of the walls. But we had to shoot scenes that took place earlier in the film. So we had to create forced staging and blocking of people so they would be standing in front of the hole in the wall. Oh, nice. So, so, you, so you didn't see it. Um. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty messed up. <laughs> Wait, was that, the, was that the hole that, I, are you talking about the hole that you made by accident? Yes. Is that the hole that you, you fell into? So it no, wasn't, no, it, well, no, no, well, well, there was that, well, there was that, and then the one, <laughs> the one, the one that uh, was caused when, uh, when a certain individual was flung again, uh, through the air and hit the wall. Oh, right, right, yeah. that's right, okay. I no, remember. no, no, the, the, the one where I put a hole in the wall, it was the last day of shooting in the house, and <laughs> I, was, I was walking through the actors, and I think Jessica was late to the party, like she hadn't showed up until after we started a block, and so when I was showing her what I showed everybody else, 
I lost my footing and I slipped and I fell and my, my shoulder blade hit the wall. And because this is Florida, the walls are kind of hollow. So if you, if you hit them, <laughs> if you hit them just right, uh, you know, you'll, you'll put a hole in it. So to ever, yeah, everybody I don't would, think I actually saw the hole being, being made, but uh, I, I, I remember walking through snake thinking, was that, was that always there? I don't think I was like, no, Royce fell into the wall. Like, good Lord. Why? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, I figured, why not? Oh, it's the last day of shooting. <laughs> <laughs> well, a question, if I, if I may, for Cynthia. Um, yeah. Give us an idea kind of what goes behind uh, the, um, the creation of, a, of an effect from from start to uh, you know to finish on it, you mentioned. I, I I don't know if you want to mention a couple of scenes, uh, you know, from the film. But for some of us who are lay people uh, in the um, uh, in the way of creating you know, building effects, kind of talk about what went into creating some of those the blood effects and uh, uh, and uh, and so forth. I guess there's two different things or ways that I I could look at it. If there's, um, if there's, if the director is allowing us to see a lot of a wound, or if they're just showing the blood effect, um, you know, splattering some blood is pretty easy to do. I like to use as much blood as humanly possible. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty easy to do. Uh, other things like one effect that I can talk about was, uh, was a stab wound. Um, stab wound with a, a butterfly knife into uh, into somebody and sure. the blood just squirts out um, you know for something like that I'd use a simple hand squib where we can squirt blood as if the uh, the artery that was punctured is squirting you know like squirt stop and then squirt it can you know so uh, I'd be offset with a with a little hand squib so I can adjust the amount of blood that's squirting out Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just talking about effects that are in this film. I can talk about different effects all night long, and yeah, we won't do that. You can interview me at a different time for that time. <laughs> but um, what else was there? There was, uh, uh, you know, someone getting a, a hit with a working tool of some sort, and so there was blood splatter. <clears throat> there was, uh, you know, like, again, if someone is getting hit, and we're not showing the actual motion of the hit on the victim, just showing the blood splatter on the doing the swinging um right. that that can be done many ways it's good to get a different a different type of angle on those and you'll see some of that in the film which was right. uh, which was fun to do because you know we always have a good mess to clean up when i'm done doing what i do right <laughs> what what i thought was was interesting and i i'm i'm thinking this isn't a spoiler uh, just early on in the uh, uh, in the film, I'll just say there's there's a moment um, which I was just rather impressed by, kind of how realistic it was, where there was a uh, well, there's there's a shooting, and um, it's of a law enforcement uh, you know officer, and I like the way you, it's kind of shot from behind uh, from behind into well from to the side, and it's kind of you know, cut away, but you see, uh, you, you, you know, you see the squib, you see this, you know, the splatter and, uh, and so forth. I thought that was particularly effectively done. And uh, <laughs> I, I was just going to say there, there, you, you did it where it was graphic, but there was a bit of restraint uh, there as well. 
Right. Well, there was more to that scene. There was uh, brains on the on the ground next to the actor, and yeah. uh, that right. got edited down a little bit. Right. Right. Um, so um, yeah, right. there's more to it. But thanks for the uh, what we call um, I like to call that wound. Uh, you know, the old the old button trick in in the forehead. Uh, sure. it's, it's an old trick that I learned from uh, my mentor, a makeup special effects artist named Rick Gonzalez, who worked on the original Dawn of the Dead. And uh, I'm learning all sure. kinds of like older special effects stuff, stuff you wouldn't get in uh, makeup school nowadays. So yeah, that's that's an that's an oldie but goodie. Sure. You mentioned you mentioned liking the uh, the framing of the shot. I specifically yeah. told I specifically when I walked through with the uh, the production team, the picture uh, trio we call them uh, is Daniel, Sam, and Nick. Um, they were producers and they were the camera guys, and. I said at a certain point in the movie that, you know, the, the, the stabbing that with the butterfly knife that Cynthia was just mentioning, that's the crux in the story that up until that point, I told them, I want the movie to be shot with a lot of masters, wide shots, two shots, over the shoulders, um, medium shots, things that were more of how you saw films in the 70s and 80s, where you never really saw a close-up unless it was a really sh a shot done for emphasis um, and very sparingly done. And then when that murder happens, um, things would ratchet up. And if you watch that scene, it's about five, four or five minutes long, the one with the butterfly knife. Um, the moment the character is kind of um, thrown on the ground and then tied up and, and then the whole scene plays out, there's a new shooting style that starts to emerge slowly, like peeling an onion. The framing of the shots is different. The shots are not on a tripod. Most of the shots prior to that, except for the chase scene, were all done on sticks on a tripod. So it would have a very steady, studied look. The moment that scene starts, there's no tripod anymore. In fact, we no longer used a tripod after that scene. Uh, and we started to develop the shooting style that was a little bit more urgent, um, more like modern horror films, tighter shots, um, with the occasional, you know, 80s shot again. But that scene ratchets the story into a whole new dimension, um, and the characters are, are forever changed by it. But, you know, that, that shooting style in the cop scene is exactly that point. Except for the close-up of the cop, everything is shot in wider shots. Fascinating. Hey, Clem. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a question for you. Go what ahead. Was the, what, is, what was the most hardest scene without giving it away for you to film in this film? I, I, I know that some of, the, uh, some of the more challenging scenes, I mean, were probably my own. I mean, it was hard because I, I you know, the, the, what had happened was uh, Royce had presented to me, well, first I was working, you know, behind the scenes, uh, you know, with Royce and, 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 and Cynthia and everybody else, you know, just, you know, making it happen. Um, and then one day, I think I'm coming home from work and Royce says, hey, uh, I've got an opportunity for you. You know, uh, a part has opened up and we want to know if you're interested in doing it. Now, before then, little parts here and there that I've done, but nothing, you know, no, nothing like this. I'm thinking, man, this is, you know, I'm surrounded by people who enjoy acting, who enjoy 
who who enjoy just everything about the um, about being on set to the point where you like like the actors as far and I I felt that I wasn't my biggest fear was that I didn't think I was going to be on that level that they were, you know, they've done this before. They knew how to hit their lines, how to hit their mark and all of this stuff. And then here I am thinking, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to be, I, I'd, I'd love to take that part. I mean, absolutely. And then, um, so that was, it was, it was fun and everybody was very, was very encouraging. And then Cynthia, you know, and, and Cynthia had a ball. I had a ball working with Cynthia because she said, we're going to break your nose. You know, like she would say something like that. I'm like, fantastic. Let's do it. I was hoping that I was good enough for this feature film, for what he wanted. I think you did well. You know, oh, you thank you. Well. Thank you. You're so proud Thank you. <laughs> now, um, Clement, if I may ask uh, you a question, because I'm, I, um, you know, I, uh, I spent much of my, you know, junior high, high school, college, uh, you know, being trained as an actor. I worked some in community theater. And I'm always fascinated, even when I watch, uh, you know, films, horror films, I'm you know, fascinated by uh, mm -hmm. by acting and performance and, and, and so forth. You get an opportunity to play the dirtiest of, uh, of cops, you know, just this, you know, a, a corrupt cop, but you don't. I think you don't overplay it, and I'm uh, I'm wondering kind of what your uh, what your motivation was. Uh, you know, did did you look at uh, you know the idea of the police officer who is you, who is no, not the out, what, out of control, corrupt, it, more like how uh, how did you see your character? I I I didn't do any particular. Uh, there wasn't any particular research on it when when uh, when when it was asked, you know, you're going to play the dirty cop, and and you know, Roy said we need you to take advantage of Jessica's uh, of Jessica's character, and working with Jessica was amazing because she said, make it make it real, you know, make it you know make it real. Don't worry about um, you know don't don't worry about anything, you know, just just make it real. You know, if you've got a uh, uh, you know. Uh, pick me up or or throw me against this or that, and then we'll, let's you know let's just go ahead and do it. Nice. I think it was fun because the it was more fun to do that character because that's a complete opposite of who I am. So at that point, it's like you know what I get to play somebody that's just that that's that that's a sleaze. So let's go for it. And then you know at that point it was just you know when it was just uh, uh, action. And then I just got to be, you know, I just got to be, uh, you know, stalking and then just, um, uh, you know, just take control because it was just all about, you know, it was just all about control for, you know, for that character. And it also, and, you know, it, it also helps when you're working with somebody that you, you know, that, that, uh, that you enjoy working with. Like I, I was part, you know, I was working with Jessica for, you know, for, for weeks at this point and every weekend every other weekend and um you know so when she said i would like clem to, to to be this you know to be this character i said wow okay great you know that's that that that's that's amazing and it was it was it was great it was great i think just um it wasn't hard to channel uh you know to channel that person and i think that's why you know like i said before i i, I was hoping that i did it right and i didn't want it to be and, and I'm glad that you said that because I didn't want it to be too overboard. 
So, you know, it ju just enough, you know, just enough, um, uh, I guess ju just enough of the, uh, of, of his, you know, the way that he's just unpredictable um, in the, in, in the, just the, the, the half a minute that I might've even just been in, uh, been in the, in the scene, but um, you know, and just, just have fun with it and then see, let the camera roll and just go and, you know, just cut it and, or, or, and then go again and go again. Um, and just, uh, yeah, just, just have fun with it. And I, I enjoyed it right up until the, the moment where my, you know, where, where, where the character is, 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 uh, is, is done. So, and then, you know, when the, when the makeup was put on too, and then when the makeup was put on, I got to see myself. Oh yeah, she really did break my nose. Well, that would piss me off, right? So it's like, okay, so now I'm angry. And, um, but uh, yeah, it was, there was a lot that had gone, that had gone into it that afternoon. And it was a, it was a uh, beautiful afternoon. It, you know, it was extremely hot, but uh, you know, we, we did it. And um, yeah, it was an experience that I, I would love to, yeah, I would love to play something, you know, that I'd, I'd love to do it again. I'd love to do it again. It was something that I had a lot of fun, I had a lot of fun doing. I see this is your first film, is that true? Uh, second feature. And I've done a bunch of short films, uh, you know, before and after. Oh, sorry. I was, I, that was actually pointed towards Alexa. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's um, okay. I actually, I think it was, but I'm not like 100% sure. So was this like your, your first feature production then we can say? Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I wanted to ask because I, I brought up your IMD page. Uh, I, um, we looked through... Um, you know, all the actors and filmmakers that come on. And uh, I noticed this was your first credit. So I was wondering if this was, you know, your first time on a feature production or like an official uh, production. I, I wanted to get your take on um, uh, your experience on the set. Um, and moreover, uh, you know, what uh, intrigued you to want to be a part of this? Uh, because um, you are young and this is a, you know, it's a, it's a heavy uh, uh, film. So I kind of want to get your idea on um, what attracted you to the part and uh, your experience in doing it. I was actually, um, I saw this through um, some acting lessons that I was taking at the time. And I have always just thought that acting's so fun. I love playing big parts and I extra love playing small parts, even though I know how that kind of sounds. Yeah, um, it's okay. <laughs> and I, love horror and I just love it when I get to play someone that's like a complete opposite of me like you know I'm newly 17 and I get to play this like country teen pregnant girl who's you know <laughs> I just thought that it was amazing I loved doing it and I just like things I don't like things that are edgy because they're edgy right but I do like things that go ahead and talk about or start conversations on difficult issues. Let me, uh, let me ask, I'll ask this to you, Alexei, um, but also to, uh, to Clement. Uh, this is a film as, as even as Royce has talked about, that is a very, it has a multi multitude of difficult subjects that it is dealing um that you're dealing with as cast and crew. And I'm just wondering, were there ever, um, 
Did you ever have moments where you had to, uh, you know, you had to think to yourself, you know, this, this is really deep. My goodness, this is just really where you had to discuss um, the film or your characters? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've had a lot, a lot of conversations um, with Royce about this film and other films, um, just about our experiences. Like, I kind of base my acting off of people that I've known, and I've known all sorts of people, and I have family members that have experienced abuse. Um, you know, when I was in high school, when I was filming this, I had friends that were sadly being abused at home. Um, so it was something that was very close. It still is extremely close to me. And it's something that's closer to a lot of people than we like to acknowledge. And sadly, I don't feel like it's honestly portrayed in a lot of films and TV shows. I guess if you, you know, if, if, if you've got that particular role or you've got that particular part and then there's something that you can bring to it because you, like she said, you've experienced it or you've seen it firsthand, uh, I guess it becomes, you know, it becomes uh, much more powerful. Uh, maybe that there's an energy there or there's something that you can channel to bring to, uh, you know, to, to bring to the table, to bring in front of the camera that, um, that really just might, surprise us you know just might surprise us but in in the same in in the same uh in the same token it's like yeah you know that might be like she said that's something that she's you know that she's uh uh experienced or that she's known um you know me on the other hand not uh you know not not so much um i've uh you know the the the, the, the videos or the short films or anything that i've you know that, that i've done in the past and and continue to do. I've done uh, just recently just narration, you know, which I, you know, which I enjoy doing too. Um, but I think it's just, you know, in, you know, me personally, it's just, uh, uh, I guess, just getting into, just, just getting into that particular character that you, you know, that you asked for. Um, and, you know, it just, uh, whether it comes naturally, or I might not have the, uh, the life experience at, you know, to I obviously I don't have the, you know, for this particular role I didn't have a, a you know, the, the life experience of being a, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a dirty cop or anything that or anything like that. But um, but at the same at the same token, it's like yeah, you know, like it, it's it's something completely opposite of, of of who I am. So you know, go for it. And uh, yeah, so just having that opportunity to you know having that opportunity to do so has been. Um, you know, has, has been great. And I, I, uh, you know, hope to, uh, you know, to continue to, uh, you know, to do so and, you know, work with everybody and see what, you know, uh, what, what they can do. Because um, now when I, when I wasn't actually um, doing the part, if I'm doing, you know, slate or whatever else, and I'm just watching everybody else do their craft, uh, uh, the actors, for example, mm -hmm. and actresses do their, you know, do their thing. It's, it's amazing. Because in between, in, in between shots, when you hear a cut, then everybody, you know, everybody can drop out of it and, and you know, just <laughs> smile and do whatever and I'll grab a quick drink or something. And then when, they, when they're ready to reshoot and then before you know it, they're into character. Like even, even the time where it takes for me to, you know, to, to, to call out the scene and, um, and, and uh, you know, slap the, uh, the you know, uh, the slate, boom. 
everybody's in character and everybody's just doing their thing and you know everything like the that the, it, it's it, it's amazing it's amazing and then they get into character and then you watch and see how they you know how they do it um i i i enjoyed it i i definitely enjoyed that for sure uh, you know I'm not, I'm, i i have one last question uh cynthia yes who are some of your favorite special effects artists oh um well uh that's a good question there's a lot of good people out there uh a lot of people out there rehashing old stuff and not doing it any better either so uh there's a lot of there's a lot of poor effects artists out there it's like i've seen that i've done before but uh um you know it's uh you didn't you didn't nail it but anyway um of course uh greg nicotero uh nicotero um i worked with him a little bit did you in the past Uh uh-huh um Rick Gonzalez that uh, that I'm learning from he's done several films with Greg in the past and yeah. I start listening to him tell his stories you know because you know Rick's got all kinds of stories of the old days of doing a special effect he's retired now um so uh yeah he, he told me stories about him and Greg <clears throat> and then I get to tell him the, the two little stories that I have with me and Greg and that's kind of fun makes me feel like I I know what I'm talking about or something um, um let's see um you got Tom Savini, of course. Rick oh, worked Tom with Tom Savini. Savini on a ton of things in the past. Don the Dead. Here. Yep, I, I, know. Um, I have a, I have a bunch of pictures of Rick and Tom when they were like in their twenties. It's freaking crazy. Uh, oh yeah. But um, but uh, Tom Savini, yeah, he's he's all over the place. He's always been all over the place. Um, oh yeah. You know, I'll, I'll see a movie that I haven't seen in forever, and you know, oh, an old classic. Let's watch it. And then Tom's name pops up in it. And the end, I'm like, oh, pff, I should have fucking known that. I should, uh, you know, I sh- should have memorized his IMDb. How about or, some Rob Bottin? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you like trying to find him though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Bottin. You know, haven't seen him. I haven't seen Tom in a while, but hey, it's all good, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know where Tom is. Right. Well, Joe segued me right into a question I want to ask each of you. And that is top three horror movies. We'll start with Royce. This should be an easy one considering your impressive collection. <laughs> um, it, it, sometimes it changes from, you know, depending on what mood you ask me, but it, it's not always going to be that different. Um, I like. Friday the 13th. I like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The first Friday the 13th? First Friday the 13th. Um, Bacon style, baby. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre. um, And Halloween. A classic. So now you're Kevin's best friend. Yes, yes, no. I, uh, I am. You and I connect on Halloween. I love Halloween. Yeah. Forget the zombie, the Rob Zombie uh, uh, imitations. Uh, first... Those are too bad. No, they're not. They're not. But they're still. They're, they're, not, not, Hall- they're not Halloween, though. That right. yeah, is true. They it, it, is, it, it, it is his uh, normal set of characters that kind of feel that, you know, uh, off the off the beaten path, trashy uh, kind of uh, nomads 
and then you stick Michael Myers into it. So it's really not, it's not, it's not Hattonfield, Illinois. It's, no. Hatton, it's Hattonfield, uh, you know, uh, Trashville. You know, it, it's not the same thing. <laughs> no, no. I know everyone trashed the, that they gave Michael a, a backstory. I, I was a little bit intrigued by what they put into it. Not, not to stay on Halloween, but I kind of liked seeing what a, a young Michael Myers would have looked like. They treated, they treated him like, like Charles Manson. And they wanted to say, if, the, if this guy really existed, what's the pathology that would have created right. adult Michael Myers? So, they, you know, Rob Zombie was like, well, if I'm treating him like a real person, that this would have to happen. So, you know, I, I understand. But I, I, I like the wholesome 1980s Donald Pleasance, you know, uh, very... You uh, original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first couple are, are the best. And, um, you know, I mean, Kevin Bacon being in the first Friday 13th, you don't even have Jason in the first movie until the end, but that Tom Savini special effects, which he also did part four, which is considered one of the best of the series, and that has plenty of Tom Savini effects. Cynthia, what do you got? Um, well, I'm with Royce on the Friday the 13th. I, I grew up on the Friday the 13th shit. Uh, I grew up in the woods, not really in the woods. I grew up in Maine and uh, there's lots of camping in Maine. And so I get it. I, we had, my parents had a camp on a lake. We were there every summer. I get it. I almost lived it. Um, and then um, uh, the several times that I met uh, Kane Hodder and did a short film with Kane Hodder, you know, that just sold me on it more. You know, nice. I, have, I have his signature tattooed on me in two different places. And Whoa. there's fun stories that go with both of them that we can get into another time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you ask me what my favorite one is, I probably, out of the Friday the 13th franchise, I probably wouldn't be able to answer it um, because they all have like significant parts and scenes and lines and all that crap. So yeah, I couldn't say which one of them would be my favorite. Um, Clement, what do you got for us? I've got, um, in no particular order, the thing. The thing, and, these, and I, I grew up, uh, you know, I just, it was my mom that introduced me to, to like scary movies. My dad would, my dad would have been, would, would have been upset if he knew that I was watching this stuff at like, you know, uh, eight, nine, and 10 years old. But um, I, I loved it. I loved the fact of just being, of, of being just petrified. The thing was- You and Anthony. Um, Clement, you and Anthony have a real <laughs> connection there. I would have John Carter's baby right now. Yeah. It's t I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, just, uh, and I, I can still, and, and me personally, I think that those effects still hold up today. I love the, I, I love the, I, I love the, um, they do. You know, there's a lot of CGI that makes everything easier, but right. when you can actually touch and feel and 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 uh, react to whatever's in front of you, you don't know that when I, you know, back then, it's like, oh, that's just the way things were. But when you can really respect the fact that, uh, you know, I mean, my favorite, everybody's seen it, you know, this should be no spoilers. If you haven't seen it, that's that's your loss. But um, I think the I think that the, the scene in, in the thing that really got me was the, um, especially at the young age, was the dog pet. The dog pen. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, uh, was okay. So that yeah that that it's was so early that, on. That was hard. We were talking. About yes. It happened so yeah. Early on the and and that and, it, and that's it just, just the, the visual effects. It was the sounds. It was yeah. the sounds that these creatures were making. And even to this day, I can I can watch it like it was the first time that that I'm you know that that I'm experiencing it. So the thing for one, I did I do still enjoy um, Poltergeist. Would you consider Poltergeist horror? Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. So Poltergeist. Um, That's on Poltergeist a for lot me of people's top was, 10 list. Who, yeah. Who and enjoy, I, uh, Clement, who doesn't enjoy They're Here? I, right, I exactly. Love that. <laughs> exactly. <story>. And then just. <laughs> And just uh, and and even that, and just knowing a lot of the tragic events that happened to a lot to to a few of the cast members, you know, yeah. since then, you know, yeah. since since then. But uh, I mean, they did. It, it was just a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, I just I, I I loved it, and I still I still I think I watched it on Netflix a week ago, just 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 to have it on, you know, just to just to have it on. And um, another one of my favorites is um, I love sci-fi horror, especially yeah, I love sci-fi horror and Alien. Um, Alien, we I got to kick it, Clement. When, when I, huh? We can kick it. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> you, you, you yeah, was my favorite. And I, I can't, I can't contribute to the. I, I know Friday the Thirteenth, but I'm probably one of the only people that has not seen them. I have not seen any of the any of the Friday Kruger. I've, I've seen. Uh, no, no, no. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen um, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but the sla- you know, the, the slasher flicks. I I like more of the suspense. I like more of the suspense horror. Thank so, you. You know, like you know, you, you've got seven crew members, and little by little, they're being wiped out, wiped out, wiped out. You don't really see the creature, but the creature is there. You know, a haunted house in space. Uh, that's the that yeah exactly exactly. So I think um, I think those are my favorite uh, for sure. And if, if there was a bonus one, I throw in Christine. If there was a bonus, a, a bonus <laughs> film, I think I throw in. I, I throw in Christine. Now, Clement, I'm going to tell you, you are beginning a bromance with Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing up <laughs> Thing and alien. <laughs> you too. There's uh, that was a good question. That 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 was a good question. I I, I it didn't take me long to think about that. I said, oh, I said, wow. Everyone has a yeah, top three in their head. It, it's always floating mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. It you only know it's there. It's th- it's there. Lexa, what do you got for us? Exactly. Your top three horror movies. We'll My? give you a break because you're 17, so it'll probably be everything. <laughs> I'm not 2019. More. I'm not that Twilight doesn't count, Alexia. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to scratch that. <laughs> Actually, I'm 43. I'm just kidding. Um, Congratulations. You fooled us all. My all-time favorite horror film has to be the 2009 adaptation of um, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Ah, I, good job. Which one was the title again? Um, it's just called Dorian Gray. It's um, Dorian Gray. Yeah, it's an adaptation of um, Oscar Wilde's um, classic novel, which is just my favorite book. And I just love how this film didn't decide. It kept the essence of the book, but it just was like, what can we do to just make this horrible today? Um, the second one has to be The Crow. Jason Lee, I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, that movie, and I recently fell in love with Jennifer's body. There you go. Meg, uh, what's her name? Oh. Megan Fox. Yeah. Yes. Isn't, no, isn't that I think that was her only horror that movie that she did. And, uh, Di- Di- Diablo Cody wrote it, the one that wrote Juno. <laughs> yep, Jennifer's body. Isn't that the one that's uh, directed by uh, Sam Raimi? No, Jennifer's body. The hell, or the oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't mess my buddies up, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you uh, meant you mentioned the crow, Alexia, and I, I, uh, I love that film. I absolutely, uh, 
uh, you know, just just loving this. One of the reasons one of the best soundtracks I think from the nineties. Excellent soundtrack, hell yeah, very cool. The Cure, no. Oh. One of the reasons why I fell in love with uh, uh, with the Brandon Lee, uh, and he's just gone far too, you know, far too soon. Um, yeah. So, where can <laughs> folks see um, in utero? Well, the um, it's available on Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. and if you have Prime, you can see it. Uh, you know, it's, it comes with Prime, so you can see it as much as you want for free. Um, if you want to rent it or digital download, it has the ability to do that as well. Um, I did want to share something that, because um, I'm not an actor in the film, but it, it's a bit of what they were sharing as far as them getting into their characters was um, there are specific things in the film that are just like I was shedding on, uh, you know, the, the origin of Alexia's scene in the film, how it kicked off the, the film as far as me coming up with a story. Um, drawing upon life experience, my father is actually a filmmaker and he's the reason I got into film. Um, oh, and he's a oh, Vietnam vet and I needed a, certain backstories for certain characters and certain motivations. So I, I made Kane's character his father a war vet because that's my life experience. I grew up with that. Um, and I wanted him to be a vulnerable character and have daddy issues, as yeah. Zoe says. So he spares the life of a war vet because of his daddy issues. And it costs, costs him, you know, there's consequences for that. Um, but everything in the movie, there's so many little Easter eggs that all these things mean something. Um, and, you know, like, my love of Friday 13th is the reason that Kane's character is called Kane, because of Kane Hodder, you know. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of little um, Easter eggs, you know. And so I'm not an actor, but I was putting my own life story in some way into the film in that way. I think that's one of the more fascinating things of films when you start uh, really um... – peeling back the layers of how it came together is the, the Easter eggs, as you talked about, sometimes they could be overt. Like you said, you put it in there because you wanted the character to um, come off as a certain way. And other times it, it comes off a little subliminal that you don't realize what you're putting in there until people that may know you watch it. And then they see bits of you, you know, intersped in, in, in different places. Um, so I, I think it would be near impossible to, completely separate you know the the human experience from a story because you know you're constantly interpreting past experiences memories right and um, sometimes those just filter into you know your creative works so whether you like it or not um, so far I haven't found anyone that can completely separate themselves from a story that you know they were had creative control over um, because it, I, I think it would just be so incredibly difficult but also, why would you want to do that? Because the only thing you're doing is you're putting in human experiences, which is just going to bring out more naturality into the story, right? Uh, it's going to come off less artificial. And also, it, it makes it more relatable because you know, they are actual experiences that are translating into a different story, but they were real. And so the audience is going to perceive them as real. 
I agree. So where can we find your work, uh, Royce? What are you working on uh, these days? Um, I recently did, um, you know, within the last, uh, you know, six months or so, um, I completed a short film that Alexia was actually on the set for and Cynthia showed up for a little bit to help. And it's called Cliché. It is a, it's about 20 minutes. And the, 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 and you can find it on, on YouTube and it's on my, my Facebook page. I'll give you the link. Um, it's basically the breakfast club in a horror situation. Every one of the characters is a, it's purposely commenting on a stereotype. There's a slutty girl, there's a virgin girl, there's a stoner, a jock, and a nerd. And, and every one of the characters is a cliche. And then we spin it and send it up and actually do something different with the character than you expect. Nice. Um, and it, it, it's meant to be satire. Like there's things in the, mo in the, in the film, they're purposely meant to be offensive, but not because we're mean-spirited. We're just, we're just literally saying, this is exactly how they would have done it in The Breakfast Club. You know, we're not judging that time in how those movies were made. We're just showing this is how it was. Um, so that's the most recent big thing that I've done. But there's, you know, um, Alexi and Clem and Cynthia, and a bunch of us are part of the Jacksonville film community. And they're always having little festivals and contests and things that we participate in making these fun little short films. Um, Clem commented that he had done narration for me. Um, my, wife right. and I, my wife and I went up to Blairstown, New Jersey for my birthday in March, where they shot Friday 13th Part 1. And the COVID thing had just happened. So oh, yeah, while, that's while, right. That's while, right. We, while we were there um, on the weekends, the, the, the main street where Andy walks through the town square was desolate. Nobody was there. So my wife was like, we should do a, sh a fun little short film about an outbreak. And then we literally were shooting in every direction. And we, 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 had a, we had a complete run of the town because nobody was on the street on a weekend. So it looks- I noticed that. I noticed looks, that. that when, it, it looks desolate. There it looks nobody like, there. <laughs> yeah. And then my wife and I came up with a scenario where we were on the run and, and we were running, going through the town, going through the woods. And then one of us may or may not have a secret you know, in the story. And then- when we were putting it together in editing, we were like, well, we should juxtapose that with the idea that somebody is just like War of the Worlds or whatever, where there's somebody who had barricaded themselves inside a radio station and he's the last voice of humanity. And I was like, well, Clem has got to be that guy. Um, and and, and so, so we literally, we turned off all the lights in Clem's. Uh, right. Yeah. He yeah, always came to my job. Yeah. And in the warehouse, and I said, "Okay, let's you know, let's just get the feel of it." So we shut, we shut down all the lights. And Royce is Royce is sneaky with the camera. Like he'll he'll take your picture or take your little video, and like he'll send it to you. Like he sent it to me, and then you see me there with this tiny little light, reading the script with a microphone in front of me, with nothing else around. I was in complete darkness, uh, reading the you know reading the script and just uh, you know just adding to it or just going along with it, giving him a little something different um every uh every time but uh yeah that's right we did we, we shot with the with, with the lights out i said let's let's just go ahead and do it if i'm if this is darkness is surrounding me then let's just go ahead and make it just let's make it dark and uh yeah yeah what what was it maybe a, a 45 minutes or so we did it 
I'm not yeah, exactly yeah. sure, but it was it was good. I did a uh, I produced and executive produced and did all the special effects and prop design for a film called The Exchange by uh, by um, Henry Nader, and uh, we did the entire thing on super 16 millimeter film, my camera, my film, and that was expensive. It's a feature, so it took a, it took a lot. Um, I had uh, Rick Gonzalez, my makeup artist uh, that I'm learning from, on set twice with us, and we also hired um, John Amplis, who was in Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead, and he was Martin in, um, in uh, George Romero's uh, Martin. We hired him. He's, um, he's pretty much retired, but uh, I, I got his ass to come down to Florida from Pennsylvania and be in the film. He was also in uh, um, Stephen King's uh, George Romero's Creepshow in the, uh, the uh, I, want my, I want my cake, Father's Day cake, or whatever cake it was. He was, he was, he was that character. So we got him down here and he was in the film and it's all super 16 and it's cool to have a makeup artist and a, an actor that was in George Romero's film here on my set with me with super 16 millimeter uh, camera film. So uh, it, was an, it was an experience and it's in editing now and it'll be done soon. It's, uh, it's The Exchange by Henry Nader. Interesting, interesting experience that was. Excellent. I wanna give a la one little, last little shout out before uh, the wrap up is, um, Adam Madrid and his wife uh, Monique, they run the uh, the, Jackson, the Jacksonville 48 uh, Film Festival and a lot of other films uh, films groups in town, and a lot of us wouldn't have a lot of the opportunities directly or even indirectly through meeting each other if it wasn't for a lot of the stuff they organize. So um, Adam and his wife, I, I think, uh, deserve tremendous props because. Actually, if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have made the movie because they motivated me to dig deep and and to, to reach for the stars to do, you know, you know, to not not pull my punches and take risks. Yes, yes. Well, uh, that is uh, our time for today. Uh, I wanted to thank everybody for coming on. Uh, Royce Freeman, thank you very much for sharing your work with us today. Uh, Cynthia Roy, makeup artist and producer. Uh, very nice hearing from you. Uh, Lexa Mayer, uh, thank you very much for coming on. I uh, hope your uh, film career takes off after this point. Uh, it was enjoyable watching you and Clement. Um, keep wearing them hats. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Just thank, uh, thank you guys for, uh, for, for taking part in the podcast. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Right, well, thanks a lot, guys. Mind you. Thank, thank you very you. much for coming on. It was thanks a pleasure. You got it. Thanks for having us.